Welcome to the Land of Etheria. Season 1, The Shattering. Episode 37, Finn and Baby Pearl. Once upon a time, in the land of Etheria, there was a Princess Nea and a Princess Lulu, and they went on the most amazing adventures. The elf messenger Averall had just boarded Lady Jewel's boat, the Valescence, and submerged underwater on its way to Fjord's Well to send word to the underwater kingdoms and rally the Sea of Tortura. Nea and Lulu stayed in the Withered Isle with Carmen the Giant, a blue fairy named Zag, and a boy they had just rescued from a fire. They still had a promise to keep with the giant to help her find some special metal called Tranium. So where can I find that Tranium? The giant asked the boy impatiently. Tranium is a pretty powerful metal. What do you plan to use it for? Asked the boy. If you must know, I'm going to protect the lava temple. And if I'm going to do that, I'll need something more than this club. I'll need something made of the strongest metal in Etheria. I was hoping you'd say that. I've, I've heard about you giants before. The boy squinted his eyes at Carmen, but never met one. So you'll help us? Of course. There's only one problem. The girl giant rolled her eyes again. She was now beginning to think she'd never find any tranium. What's that? Asked Lulu. I need something back for my home. Well, let's get going then. So they followed the boy back across the beach to a special cove. And in this cove, there was a single tree that had grown up high over the water. And the boy had made for himself in the tree a house at the very top of a big, broad branch. It was one of the biggest, broadest trees that Princess Nea and Princess Lulu had ever seen. They followed a few steps up and around the tree, then climbed up a ladder to some of the branches that actually held platforms for them to walk on. When they got to the boy's room, they were surprised to find very nice and expensive fabrics and items you wouldn't normally find on an island in the middle of the ocean. He had some plates and dishes that looked very nice and things that didn't look very old. How long have you been here? asked Nea, noticing how new everything looked. Not long, maybe a week or so. I'm hiding out for a bit. From what? Ah, uh, the usual. A tricky elf, an angry ogre, a dumb troll, a weird kid, my parents, a demanding bird. And just as he mentioned the bird, the boy froze looking out the window. She's here! Quick! Shut the curtains, he said, running around the treehouse, drawing the curtains shut. Now the treehouse was more like a platform, and pulling closed the curtains wasn't going to do much to keep out a bird. There were too many other spots a bird could fly through and enter, like through the ceiling, under the curtains, or even around or through one of the platform floorboards. Within a minute, the bird had successfully found a way into the boy's makeshift house. Finn of Neverstone Deep, she said. Ryla, shouted the princesses. Princess Nea and Lulu of Sparland, the bird squawked. You both have been quite busy around Etheria. I must commend you two on your adventures, 
and for the crystals you have recovered. We are making great progress. The dwarves are preparing their defenses, and the message is getting out to the water kingdoms. And what of the elf chief of Forevermore? Was Darius able to heal him with his white crystal? I'm afraid not, princesses. We will need both Devorian crystals for that. But another elf on this island has been turned to stone too, Lulu protested. Yes, she said, stretching out her neck. We will need to deal with that as well when the time comes. But now, now it is time to deal with the elusive fleeing Finn. When they looked up, Finn was already making his way to the door. What he didn't count on was being within arm's length of Carmen, who immediately reached over and grabbed him by the back of his shirt. You think I'm going to let the one person go who knows where to find my tranium? Finn, the bird said, flying over to the boy and resting on a perch by the door. Running away will not solve your problem. It will not aid you in this. I told you, I don't want to be part of your adventure. I don't know if you have a choice, the bird replied. I have a choice, he said, looking at her. I'm doing great here in the Withered Isle. Finally getting some peace and quiet. Let these two do the work. If you really felt that way, then I wouldn't be here, Ryla replied, jumping toward the door. Know this, Finn of Neverstone Deep. Etheria needs heroes. We cannot fight this darkness without them. Finn just kept looking away, avoiding her gaze. Ryla shook her head. Princess Nea and Lulu... I hope that maybe you can convince him otherwise, she said, then flew over back to the hole where she entered. If they can't, I can, interrupted the giant. I need him to find the tranium. Your excitement is commendable, young giant, but be patient. The time of the protectors is coming. The time of the healers is now. And just as gracefully as she flew into the room, she flew out and was gone. What are you running from? asked Nea. I don't want to talk about it, Finn responded. Maybe we can help, Lulu offered. I don't need anyone's help. I've been doing just fine on my own, he said, rifling through his bags. When he found what he was looking for, he shoved it in his pocket. So where is this tranium? asked Carmen. Underwater, he said walking out of the room. We're going to need to find you landmaids, some enchanted seaweed. Oh, and your little fairy friend, too. It was then that Zag, the blue fairy, remembered the shark fin around the boy's neck. On the eastern end of the Torturian Sea, there were mermen and mermaids who swam not with fish tails, but with shark tails. And it was even rumored some had octopus bodies instead of fish tails. The boy took them down to the water and dove in. He was gone for a few minutes, and then came back with a few pieces of seaweed and laid them on the beach. He then opened up his small pouch from his bags and sprinkled some magic dust on the seaweed. Enchanted seaweed, Lulu said. Well, you can't very well get there breathing like that, he said. The boy pulled a small charm out of his pocket and touched each of the seaweeds, then wrapped them around their necks. It's going to feel a little odd at first, but try to relax. You'll cough a couple times as your body gets used to it, 
but then it will feel just like breathing. They dipped themselves into the ocean, and the boy grabbed onto his shark fin. As they submerged themselves underwater and began to swim towards the boy, they saw the lower half of his body change from human legs to something more like a shark tail, and the adventurers followed him under the sea, through a couple of seaweed fields and a beautiful coral forest where the most brightly colored fish you've ever seen swam in and around the coral. Niverstone Deep was gorgeous. There were mermen and mermaids with fish tails, shark tails, octopus tentacles, and even other swimming tails the princesses had never seen before. Before they got too close, Finn pulled them aside. Now before we get too close... Finn! came a voice from behind him. It was a merman with a beard riding a dolphin. Everyone turned around to face the merman with a spear strapped to his back. I'm glad you've decided to come home. Pearl was born this morning. And your parents will be glad you've decided to return to meet her. We're throwing a celebration tonight. Finn took a deep breath. Of course, Uncle Marius. The merman, clearly someone of authority in this place, seemed unimpressed with Finn and took a big, long look at Nea, Lulu, and Carmen swimming with their land legs. He had never seen a giant this far east before. It seems you have found some new friends as well. They may enjoy the festivities too, but we will need to remedy this. Follow me, he spoke. And as he spoke, his voice was stale. Even the way he swam seemed boring. He led the party through the underwater village and into a dwelling forged out of an underwater cave. This cave, they could tell, was a home for dozens of underwater families, including Finns. Making their way through the caves, they noticed that most mermen and merwomen looked disappointed in Finn. It was clear to the princesses that Finn was a black sheep among the other villagers. Finn's uncle brought them to a locked room in the back of one of the hallways. He pulled out a ring of keys, unlocked the door, and revealed a room full of underwater weapons and things. You'll need these, said the uncle, giving everyone special flippers to help them keep up with the mermaids and mermen. The ceremony for Baby Pearl will start shortly. As they were putting their flippers on, Finn motioned to Carmen to look over in the far corner, where the tranium sat on a special locked pedestal. She nodded cautiously and slipped on her flippers. After they were done, the merman locked the door tightly, putting the ring of keys back in his pouch hanging around his waist. Once the adventurers were fitted with their flippers, they were rushed off to the ceremony where Finn's family was going to celebrate with the rest of the village, the birth of his new baby sister, Pearl. As they swam over to an underwater enclosure that the merfolk used for celebrations, Carmen began getting restless. She had finally, after so much searching and waiting, found some tranium. So she decided, when no one was looking, she was going to take the key ring from Finn's uncle and go steal the tranium. When the ceremony started, huge underwater lava pits released spewing lava into the water, creating blasts of fire. 
This was so amazing that it distracted everyone watching. And that's when Carmen took the key ring while Marius was distracted and watching Finn. Nea and Lulu noticed that Carmen had taken the keys and followed her back into the caves. But she was faster than either of them because she was a giant and was bigger. She made it into the storeroom, grabbed what she had been looking for, and then locked the door. Swimming back to the ceremony, Nea and Lulu stopped her and said, Why did you take the keys? He might have helped us if we just asked. And the giant said, I was getting really impatient. I can't bear another letdown. Don't you think all these mermaids and mermen will help us if they knew that Ryla and Tuck had sent us? Ryla and Tuck sent you two, she said bitterly. But you said yourself that you wanted to protect the temple. Is that still true? Of course it is. I've wanted to be a temple protector my whole life. Well, what if we shared that with Marius and the others instead of doing it all on our own? Nea reached out her hand as a peace offering to Carmen. Maybe you're right, Carmen said, then took Nea's hand and shook it. This adventure has been a lot harder than I thought. I never thought that it might be easier if I asked for help. So they all went back to the ceremony. As they arrived, the big announcement and fanfare were done. Carmen returned the keys back to Marius and decided that she would come clean with Finn's family as soon as she had the chance. Only, things don't always go according to plan. And she had no idea what was going to happen that night that was going to get in the way. The End The Land of Etheria is produced by a father-daughter team and made possible in part to its supporting fans. It's contributions from fans like you that keep the adventure going. If you enjoy The Land of Etheria and would like to see more episodes, please visit us at www.thelandofetheria.com and consider supporting the podcast. Thank you and have a great day.